0: The lost haro podcast uh i am one of your co-hosts arnold haro and joining me as usual is uh my constant cohort uh in this endeavor eric sayor
1: let's talk about some chainsaws
0: <laughs> i will not be editing in uh fred durst or uh, limp biscuit under that um but just imagine it in your heads uh and uh uh yeah, it's perfect. Uh if that wasn't a clear indication of the movie or movies that we're discussing, uh we're uh doing Toby Hooper's che- Texas Chainsaw movies today. Um which is kind of exciting. Um first off, Eric, what were your general impressions before uh watching them and uh what did you think?
1: Yeah, I think like uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a movie people call one of the scariest ever. Mm-hmm. And I kind of understood why watching it. It kind of has this like rawness. but like a lot of, I, f- I think 70s horror, it's like, it feels like very visceral, but isn't scary in a way, because I feel like, I'm, I mean, at least this one, because I feel like completely removed from the, from it living in like a major city in another country (laughs) (laughs) it's like i'm not really scared of like uh rural texas in that way Um, sure but uh really like this movie the first one uh such a so intense so well done Mm -hmm. so um so tense and so like tight as a film um, it's it's really like a um, a pr- kind of like a perfect version of this kind of horror movie, uh, at least from the f- the the growing experience I have with horror movies since we started this show. Um, yeah, so I really like the first one. The second one, I you mentioned it was a comedy. I had no idea what to expect. Uh, and it's like fun and kind of a mess and kind of weird in a way. It's like it's like really feels like the '80s over-the-top version of the first dark '70s one, uh, and like with like some comedy in there, it feels like it fit with like Evil Dead and stuff like that. And I mm-hmm. like I had a good time with it. Uh, not didn't like it as much as the first one, but it's so interesting that. The second one is just like a parody version of the first one,
0: yeah, it very much is it feels it, yeah, it feels like just somebody making fun of all of the all of the all of the moments from the first one and amping them up and- you know turning up the volume, so on and so forth, all the metaphors um yeah, just incredibly goofy <laughs> uh, but uh very enjoyable. Um yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I I also have a hard time like feeling the threat of it. Um I think the for me it's just parts of it are just very unnerving. Um uh and parts of it still just give me that Wincing feeling of like Ugh, I do not like I don't like the way that he does that I don't like the way that he swings that hammer or the way that it connects.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, all, all that visceral stuff really works. Still,
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah, it feels
1: yeah. it, it, it feels like more real than than what we have with CGI today most mm-hmm. of the time, and it kind of like it it you you feel the kills. Mm-hmm. It. Uh, i don't know how much i like this expression but it's like in this movie it kind of it really it really mm-hmm. makes sense it's...
0: yeah it works because you know i i like a lot of modern horror and horror from the past few decades but sometimes um you can feel them trying to sell it uh which is a wrestling term and a stunt person term um you you can really see the fact that the hits didn't connect uh <laughs> that, that that person hit air um but the camera hit it this like again you really like get the sense that somebody got clopped on the head um in a few moments um and i
1: think it, and reading yeah. about the making of uh a little bit uh, a lot of the time they did like a yeah. lot of these shots they were trying to get it right for so long that they actually were hitting each other and there was no like stunt coordinator and or anything like that so and they were using an actual chainsaw so oftentimes it's just like <laughs> like they actually hit each other and the that's why it, <laughs> a lot of it feels so real it's kind of it's such a messy fucked up in its production and it's like it kind of you kind of feel it watching it yeah yeah it definitely
0: comes through it, it it you you mentioned evil dead and i think that this movie and the first evil dead have a lot in common in terms of you can really feel like that they had almost no budget <laughs> that they were probably that their real lives behind the scenes weren't far off um from the experiences on screen. Um, you know, there are stories of, uh, Bruce Campbell having like coffee thrown in his eyes and stuff. And yeah, a-, a lot of that stuff feels like it happened here. Um, so yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so I, I'll do a little bit of like backstory. I'm not super familiar with this movie because th- this is something I, this is kind of a first I, this is a a movie in a series that I had no exposure to completely new to me. Um, I knew them through pop culture and just, you know, general touchstones. Um, but this was always like a, I don't know, this doesn't feel like my kind of thing. Um, and it's still not really, I don't see myself going and watching every other Texas chainsaw movie. um, I feel like I got I got it with these two. <laughs> um, but I was very surprised by, as you kind of mentioned, it wasn't as scary as I was expecting. It didn't really hit me in the same way. And then you mentioned, you know, it being in another country far away. Um, I kind of expected to feel it more because I I can drive just a few miles and get to a place kind of similar to this. Um <laughs> I have an experience of almost uh running out of gas in an area that felt adjacent to this um and just being irrationally scared for absolutely no reason um so even with that said, this movie didn't quite hit on that level in the same in in the way that I might have expected um
1: but yeah I, I yeah. think one thing with this kind of movies is it's like it's sometimes it's hard to separate in my mind how like both these movies would never happen now because everyone has cell phones. Yes.
0: That's, that's the other thing. It's very, yeah. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think okay. it's, it's possible to make a film like this and make it like in such a rural place that there's like mm-hmm. no signal and it kind of makes sense. But even then it's like, mhm. I don't know. it's it's like just hard to separate that part of uh, everything else. Mm-hmm. but otherwise, it's like like I think I just this this the first movie, especially i I think the everything feels kind of like believable. They're all like shitty teens. Mm-hmm. their dynamic are introduced pretty well, and all through the point of view. Of um, what's the name of the character? Um,
0: oh, uh, Franklin.
1: Is Franklin, exactly. You're yeah. you're you're kind of seeing a lot of it through the like the introduction of the char- character to the point of view of Franklin, who's in a re- wheelchair, uh, traveling to like let, let's talk about the mo- actual movie. Like it, there, yes. it's like it's like a so of uh, a uh like five teens are traveling through the U.S. in a van. Uh, Franklin, uh, who's a guy in a wheelchair, um, his sister and uh, her boyfriend and another couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're, they they kind of just like going from place to place and end up in Texas close to um, where their, their family uh, used to have a house and their grandfather is buried there. And they ca- are kind of running out of gas, ending up in a gas station that has no gas left, and decide, uh, while waiting, to just go and visit the uh, what's the abandoned house uh, of their family. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they get there, they're kind of the the by exploring um, around. um two of the teens kind of find this house which looks like they have gas so they kind of want to try to see if they can buy gas off them but that house is um, inhabited by cannibals who proceed to murder them uh, for one with a sledgehammer the other with a uh, the other like by putting her like on a hook and uh, like removing the meat of them um, which you later learned is sold as barbecue in the gas station because it's a whole family of uh, cannibals and they get murdered one by one, basically. Um, that's like the premise of the film. Uh, and a lot of them, I think the early parts of the movie where you get a lot of character work is like, they're talking about like real dumb stuff like astrology and like um <laughs> and uh, which I can't even remember. It's like they're doing a lot of small talks. They pick up a hitchhiker, uh, who is like this this guy that has like this um uh has like marks on his face that's like uh, uh yeah, like, was working in a it. slaughterhouse. Yeah. Um And that talks about like the act of working in the slaughterhouse, the act of killing something with a hammer and uh, kind of uh, steals a knife and like kind of attacks Franklin and uh, they they throw him out and they're kind of shook by the whole experience. But also they're dumb teens and they kind of get over it. Like most of them get over it pretty fast. Yeah. Um yeah, they... I think I, I really like that setup. I really like those interactions. i the the scene with the hitchhiker by itself is like so putting immediately, and like having like all those scenes of like the slaughterhouse um, that really works for me, yeah.
0: yeah, I like the way that it sort of escalates. Um, you get a sense of the the community and like what the difference is between they're kind of suggested as like college age like city kids almost um and then the hitchhiker like like you said he's immediately off-putting but he just keeps on becoming more and more off-putting the longer that they spend with him um until he starts cutting himself um and yeah i just like the way that that sort of the discomfort grows until they're all like screaming to try and throw him out um yeah, just a yeah, very good setup, again, like that unnerving, wincing thing is um, it begins very early in the movie, and uh, it just becomes uh, a staple of the way that the movie yeah. just makes you feel uncomfortable. Um, yeah.
1: Um, uh, actually, we didn't talk about how this movie starts, which is with a crawl which is like telling the story kind of of like um, this massacre that there's rumors about it, but no one has ever verified it. Um, Mm -hmm. And telling it like it's a real story that happened. Like that's the opening. And then you go from there to like some, um, to the credits. That's where it's like a, a series of images of desecrated bodies with uh with a radio host just talking over it so like, telling about how yeah, they've been finding body and body parts miss with body parts missing like people mm-hmm. have been like uh, uh ransacking graveyards um uh, and then getting into like some other news like fire like uh, that that never gets mentioned again in the movie, but kind of sets up sets it up really well like there's like some uh, uh, huge fire at oil drills and and like uh, there's like, a. I think they're talking about, I don't remember the sickness. Maybe it was Ebola being spread around. And it's like, it's like all yeah. like bad news, like over images of like fucked up skulls. And, um, the music, the music in the intro and the music of this whole film is just like all these like weird off-putting noise. um, I don't know what you thought mm-hmm. about the soundtrack of this movie. I think it's just like, it's so, there's, there's like yeah. no real, like it's a soundtrack, but it's not really music. It's more like, uh, yeah. Yeah, like weird, weird, kind of weird band noise. It can make with a violin with like some effects, but on top of it, um, mm-hmm. it's hard to say how they did it, but like, uh, at the time, because it's like not computer generated for sure. But, um, yeah, it's it's like it's 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 uh pretty great.
0: Yeah, it's it's a lot of like background noise. It it um I think it's something that Ridley Scott. I I have a vague memory of him specifically pointing out Texas Chainsaw's use of sound and how he tried to copy that in sections of Alien, um, to great effect there as well. Um, but it's just like this very low grumbling unnerving noise at times i imagine he talks about how they used animal roars in alien i imagine it's a similar process um i haven't looked into this but i would almost assume that they probably used like i don't know recordings of like screaming dogs screaming cats that's the kind of thing that i would probably use you just like slow it down and it still has this unnerving effect And I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if they just went to like slaughterhouses, if they, I mean, they are, they were at a slaughterhouse, as you can see in the film. So they probably just like stopped there and recorded some cows. This is all me just making guesses, but I wouldn't be surprised if I'm accurate on that at all. Um, And yeah, like it, but whatever they did, it's very unnerving. Um, And I, that opening sort of shots, the, the flashing of like the partially, um, rotting corpse is like really effective and um, a, a great tone setter. And then that long shot of the desecrated grave um, that's like slowly pulling back, or I don't even know if it's actually pulling back. I think it just like sits there for a bit. Um, like that's, that's the stuff that's actually, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's um great, terror is what I would describe it as. Like, it, it's not scary, but again, it, like I said, unnerving and just like wince inducing um, and just like putting you in this very um, uneasy mood. <laughs> um, and then like, like there's this apocalyptic feeling when you're watching it. Um, you know, the closest uh, comparison I can make there is like the way that Mad Max gives you this sense that everything is ending by showing you very little but just using the vibe you know the look of the movie is very like documentary and it gives like the sky this like hazy quality which is fits in with what they were saying about like the fire in the background um and it just it just all adds to this like um nihilistic feeling that the movie gives off
2: yeah, yeah, it's um, it's that that
1: whole like sense of atmosphere and dread, and mm. it's 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 all it, it's it's the um, from the from the beginning it's already there, and it's just never kind of stops going up and up until it kind of yeah. <laughs> devolves into the absurd like like at some point this movie becomes like so um goes so far into the horror direction that it becomes absurd <laughs> in mm-hmm. the images you see like it's like and then you're seeing like the character's reaction to how completely horrifying everything is going on um yeah and it's it's like the build-up up to that and just like the 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 kind of like the the climax of like the dinner scene is like um, mm. it's 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 so i think the, the yeah like the atmosphere plays a huge part and like all, how it's like it, it all it's all built on top of that
0: yeah and i, I like that it 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 never um I don't think it ever verges into the surreal, really. Um, which would be an easy thing to slip into. Like it keeps it all fairly based in reality, but just like um uh, but just bizarre. It just leans into b into the bizarre. Um the closest thing I can think of to something where it's like, well, that doesn't feel right or that feels a bit arch is like grandpa doesn't look (laughs) he looks like a (laughs) He look (laughs) um he looks like a mannequin (laughs) um but i think it i think that that kind of works with the tone that you're that they've set up in the movie up to that point and you kind of just have to go with it um yeah um but it's still very unnerving uh like the i think the part where i was like the most scared in in all caps is when they're like trying to get grandpa to hit uh the 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 the, uh sally character um and just like the way that the meals the music is just like drumming this is the best way i can describe it just like up and down and just yeah (laughs) um i'm shuddering just thinking about it um yeah, Let, this movie it, does jump scares better than modern movies in a lot of ways. Like the I I I'm not going to be able to forget about the the forest jump out that uh, uh Leatherface does um when he uh kills Franklin. Um <laughs> it's so effective and he spends so long just like going back and forth and with the chainsaw just like continually slashing at him like it's 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 both terrifying but there's a joy that the actor playing leatherface has while he's doing it um yeah um but it it doesn't it doesn't puncture the the unnervingness with comedy um even though it it ought it it ought to be um, it, it, I mean, it's a very I, funny. I, I mean,
1: I I I definitely found part of this movie funny. I think it's mm. kind of, I don't know, it it kind of like balances on it, but like there's there's definitely scenes where they're arguing about like how to they're running their business and stuff, and like at the dinner table, and it's like oh, you have like the. They, they kind of take those, like, family roles where, like, Leatherface is, like, the housewife and, like, um, the um, the hitchhiker um, is, like, the 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 son that never listens and, like, goes too far and, like, the father is tr- trying to keep them, uh, the father figure is trying to keep them on a leash and, like, okay, we mm. actually need to do that. It's, like, there, there's, like, it's, it's kind of. I mean, for me, it, I found that kind of funny. And then you you have the, the those, and then it zooms in on like her and her reaction to it, and uh, her like uh, zooms in on her eye and her tears, and it's like it's kind of dumb and funny. The conversation they're having, and at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like completely horrifying. And I I kind of it kind of that's why that's why I meant by like the absurdity of like yeah. the conversation they're having at the table it, it, it's absolutely absurd i i think what i'm
0: getting at is it's um it's not the it's not the absurdity that punctures um th- that punctures the anxiety um it's not like american werewolf where the comedy in that movie like lets the scene breathe and like lets you not feel as
1: anxious um, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not like the a sequel of this movie. Just like takes that to the extreme and just makes it an actual comedy. Like, yeah, uh, like we'll, we'll get to that. But it's like it, it, it does the diner scene again. But like, and it's the the thing that kind of you really you you realize that he knew is that like it's basically the same scene, but it goes just like one step further into like the absurdity Mm -hmm. of it and it becomes just a comedy. And it's like, and from like, for me, it's like kind of a little evident that like it's trying to be like confusing in how you're kind of supposed to react to it because it's like, yeah, I mean, the, like the, the scene where like the scene with the hammer is also like uh, it 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 feels like almost like a joke, like, right? But it's not mm-hmm. funny because you're seeing her scream and cry. But it goes on for like so long that at some point you're like, are is this serious? Is it not? It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it kind of it it works because it's uh, it it's yeah, I, I think it like stays like on the on the line but um, I don't know I'm yes. curious about what I'm curious what watching this movie with a crowd would have been like I kind of really want to oh, watch yeah. it in a theater and see like how are mm-hmm. people reacting like as a whole to that scene because I've been in a crowd in a horror movie and laughed and like was the whole yeah. <laughs> and there's like three people in the full screening laughing and you're like okay yeah, these people get it it's kind of like uh, yeah. there's like a joke in there I, mean, I think a lot of
0: people would I, I think a lot of people would laugh but it would again it wouldn't be the the puncturing anxiety laugh it's you're laughing because you have no idea how else to handle Yeah yeah
1: exactly the,
0: like it's it's cuz you can't scream anymore <laughs> the screaming I mean, is out, yeah
1: I mean yeah. I think I think like a modern example of that is like something like um hereditary which is like mm-hmm. kind of get into absurdity to the point that it, there's, it's kind of funny and there's like there's like visual stuff in there that's like off-putting, but in a kind of funny way. And it's like, even if the tone is really serious, it's like, I, I don't think that movie um, is as like completely like bare as like people say it is. But I don't know, that's <laughs> a lot of... That for me is like my perception and like reading people write about it. It's like, yeah, some people are like, Yeah, this is just like the most horrifying thing ever. And some people are like, Yeah, when he lives in the air at the end, it's kinda like it, it kinda looks kinda weird, right? It's like <laughs> it's not it's it doesn't I don't feel like the ending of that movie takes itself the most seriously. It's like mm-hmm. I mean the effect on the character like it's always in the character, right? It's like um right like this movie in this movie you're seeing her getting horrified and to the point of like that she breaks in the end and she's the one laughing because she like kind of i mean she's laughing like i'm laughing watching this movie it's like she survived through all that and it's almost like Inconceivable that all that stuff happened that like that old man sucked the blood out of her finger. That like he was, she was, they were trying to have him hit her on the head and she still made it out and escaped and survived. And it's like, and it's, and, um, she's just like broken by it all, um, to the point that the only thing she can do is laugh. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and I, I mean, I, I just, uh, I think all that stuff just works so well. Um, You mentioned um, uh, jump scare. I think the one that works the best for me is when, um, so you have like Kirk and Pam going to the house to like get some gas, try to ask around for some gas. And like he goes in the house and just like gets a few steps in and uh, then just let her face shows up and bashes him mm-hmm. on the head with a hammer and <laughs> then he's dead that's yeah. it like one shot one second like blink and you and you don't understand what happened
0: mm-hmm. um yeah you, you don't even get a sense uh, a chance to process it
1: yeah um, exactly and, yeah. and then you're just immediately with her who who's like wondering where he is and she goes in the house and then you get to see like a lot of like you got earlier to see like the um, the decrepit house of uh, the their grandfather that are trying to like see what it looks like, um, and it's like just a, a destroyed house and a lot of like uh, pain for Franklin who's like in a wheelchair and just can't follow the people in it. But you you get into like the really like the real nightmare house where she goes in and. Goes into a room where there's like a, a a chicken in a cage, and there's feathers everywhere, and there's body and bones and skulls, and she's like, she's she can't even process it. Like she's not, mm-hmm. like she isn't like, oh, these are the these are fucked up bodies. She's like, what what even is this?
0: Right. Yeah. Like the closest way you could even approximate what she might be thinking is oh i'm in hell this is <laughs> i i'm dead already um yeah. and yeah like that's the it's just this like electrifying feeling that uh, and the way that, the way that they show her like trying to run away and then like the follow-up to the previous sequence where leatherface just comes out that door and just like grabs her up very quickly um and efficiently. Is also just like, again, you know, skin tingling, wince inducing, um, so on and so forth. Just like, ugh, <laughs> um, just like, yeah, um, yeah. That, that that all that all the, all of the kills, I guess, are just like the way the way the characters sort of meet their ends. It's I think it's all well done, and it, that's very hard to say. In like a horror movie especially an older horror movie you know usually there's some moment or s- sequence where a character is you know being dispatched where you're just like oh well that doesn't that doesn't really work i i think every character sort of gets an interesting um i guess conclusion in this um uh, yeah and they're all unnerving and uh they all stick with you
1: yeah, um, one one thing I didn't totally get is so I mean uh the first guy gets killed right mm-hmm. and like when he Kirk and then when he uh he, he gets pam and like puts her on her hook while mm-hmm. he's like butchering uh while well, Leatherface is butchering Kirk like with the chainsaw mm-hmm. and then uh you cut to you cut back to, like, um, uh, the other characters, are Jerry and uh, mm. and Sally and Franklin. And, um, like, then Jerry come, tries to go find them, goes in the house, finds her, finds uh, Pam, like, dead probably in the freezer. Or not dead, like, but in a freezer, kind of not moving. Mm-hmm. Maybe sh- she shakes when he opens the freezer but uh, doesn't really do more than that and mm. then he uh like Leatherface, like shows up and like hits him and then you never really see the body i guess like in my mind it's kind of like like reading a summary it says he dies but it, i thought like Litterface was like looking around and couldn't find the body because he escaped or he got up or that was my understanding of watching the movie. But I guess I was wrong. I guess that's the kill that just doesn't work for me because it's like, Oh, oh you see him get hit and then you just don't see the body again. In my,
0: maybe I'm mis- In my memory, he was in the freezer.
1: Um, oh, he was in the freezer probably... later. Maybe
0: he might've been, but I, I, huh, you saying that, yeah, he might be the one that doesn't work, actually. <laughs> you might be right about that. I mean, it,
1: uh, cause it, it feels like Leatherface is looking around for his body, mm-hmm. but I guess maybe Leatherface is just looking for uh, to see if there's anyone else there, but uh, right. I guess the way it's shot, mm-hmm. it's just a bit confusing. Like I kept expecting him to show up again, mm-hmm. Uh and he never does, and I guess like reading, <laughs> reading a summary, it looks like he's just dead. But uh, I guess that's that's the the one that was confusing to me. And Sally and Frank, it's then it gets like the into the the most like the the most intense part where you have Sally and Franklin who are kind of Franklin doesn't want to go look for them, but Sally, Sally. Um, has decided already. So they go together. Uh, It's nightfall. They have the one flashlight that Franklin is holding. And then Letterface shows up and just like cuts Mm -hmm. him off, cuts him like literally down the middle. (laughs) You don't see him in two parts, but you see like the chainsaw go into his front. Like it's like, yeah, really fucked up kill. And then she just runs and runs from Letterface. And um, that—that's yeah. that I think is like some of the most terrifying moment where she's running from him, and then like ends up in the house, like and ends up in like Leatherface's house, and like gets out and like jumps through the window and like runs out again and ends up kind of there again, and it's—it's it's like it feels like all roads are just leading to that house and that nightmare and. Mm-hmm. Uh, she thinks she's escaped when she makes it to the to the um, gas station from the beginning, and then the the and the guy there is kind of like trying to reassure her, telling her there's no one there. Uh, but you see the barbecue parts, and it kind of really looks like human flesh. And I think she that's the point where she kind of gets it that like th- this is like a. a they're like cutting up people and sending it, selling it as barbecue um, because that's the, that's their business. Um. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, It's
0: uh, the whole, the way that whole sequence plays out is, is it's just really well done. The chase is really well done. Um, I like that. uh, Leatherface clearly has very good cardio for a very large man. Yeah. Um, Um, But I I really like the way that that works out, the way that the way that it cuts back and forth between her finding the the grandma and grandpa and Leatherface just cutting through the door and then her getting to the gas station. She thinks she's safe. And then like once he realizes that she's figured it out, he like immediately turns and he's very unnerving. The the cook is how they um, credit him in the movie. Um, and I just, yeah, I like, like, just like this cold precision that the family has where he just like immediately, almost immediately knocks her out, wraps her in, um, like a canvas bag, I think, um, and just like brings her into the car, stuffs her, uh,
1: yeah, puts like stuffing in her mouth or something. Um, I mean, I think the most horrifying part of that is like. She like takes a knife on the stove and tries to like defend herself because she understands what's going on, mm-hmm. and he like just uses a broom and knocks it out of her and just like bullies yeah. her with a broom. And he has like he's so good. He has like this smile on his face. He's like still talking like with a, like a grandfatherly like. A, hey, just be. I'm still. Yeah. I'm still nice. Just, just don't. Uh, don't push back, and it'll all be okay. Um, we'll get yeah. through it together. And she, he's like just like hitting her with the broom, which isn't like a, like she, he's not. It's like torture. It's like there's nothing he, she can do against him. Like he's, he's not a strong guy. He's not like a big like Leatherface, but he can no. still like bully her around with something like a broom, and it's like, it's. Yeah there's nothing that she's like uh, completely powerless. I, I think that's why that's something that just like, um uh, the movie makes like, uh, makes you really understand that there's like nothing she could have done, um, it, there. Um,
0: right. There's no, like, don't go upstairs or don't go downstairs moment. It's like, she was screwed the moment that they picked up the hitchhiker. <laughs> it was yeah, all, like, all kind of... Like, but,
1: um, the, the, all the characters in this movie are just, like, they're all the teens are, like, kind of a bunch of assholes, I think. It's, like, on purpose, they're really, really, like, not likable. You're not... You, you don't really want to root for them, but they're not, like, dumb. Like, they're not... Mm-hmm. It's not, like, in the sequel that we'll get to where everyone is the dumbest character imaginable. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh yes um
0: <laughs> exactly um and, and like you're saying like he doesn't break he doesn't he doesn't really go like full straight-faced or just like uh, turn totally evil um uh like uh the actor who plays arthur lee allen and zodiac or something where he he's he's doing like the charming like proprietor of a Of a a convenience store (laughs) the entire time, um, while like just like disarming her and yeah and manhandling her and all the all the things, Um, and then we get to the to the dinner scene which we've we've kind of talked about, um, but it's a very unnerving as we said already bizarre um, on the edge of surreal scene that. I I definitely agree. Like it, it has humor in it. Um, that dinner scene is, you know, if we were doing, uh, like in our Bond show, a standout moment that you need to see. This is like the moment people need to watch this movie for, um, because I think mean, that sequence is so so good and and really really holds up in terms of just how freaky and unnerving it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it's like uh it's such an incredible scene um i, I really i really mm-hmm. like it's the one that i'll i'll remember
2: mm-hmm.
1: the, the image that will stick in my mind is like the that's those zooms of her face and like them like kind of arguing in the background and like that hammer scene it's all so good and um le- also the scene where the grandpa like sucks the blood out of her finger is like, kind of mm-hmm. just like, so, mm. so fucked up in a weird, like unimaginable way way. Mm-hmm. It's just,
0: yeah, <laughs> I've said it many times already in the show. I, I just had to wince very hard every, when that moment happened. Um, yeah, just, uh, um, yeah,
1: I don't have a lot else to say about this first one other than... Um, there's a finale of the movie where she kind of escapes yeah. and, like, uh, kind of is helped by a truck driver, um, gets into the back of a pickup truck, and it escapes, and then the movie ends on uh leather face kind of, like, dancing with the sunrise in the back, and it's kind of, like, <laughs> like a a dancing sunrise scene is not like how you'd expect this movie to end. Nope.
0: <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, like you could edit like a waltz behind that. Like, very, yeah,
1: exactly. It it, it feels. It, it. I mean, apparently, from reading about it, it's like uh, it was. So the 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 shoot of this movie was like super grueling. Like people kept getting injured and it was like zero <laughs> security. And it's like, and when they finally shot this, um, the actor playing letter face, uh, Gunnar Hansen was mm-hmm. just like doing this like thing just to kind of piss off Toby Hooper, just as, as a, like, <laughs> we're done. Fuck you. Leave me alone. And, uh, Apparently, the scene where it cuts off at the end is because he literally hit a camera with his, with a chainsaw, and it, that's how like they they had to stop it, and that's how that movie ends uh, on an accident, yeah. basically. Um, and yeah, I just really like this. You know, I talked about her laugh uh, yeah. in the pickup truck and like how it's like she that, that how that works for. Well, for me, but like the kind of be- unexpectedly beautiful scene of him dancing is just the perfect ending to it all.
0: Yeah, th- those two moments, um moments—I think I knew those moments just from pop culture, but seeing them in context, they both still play really well. I really liked that as an ending. I do think like the the space between the dinner and that is very much like. Uh, and she runs away (laughs) she starts running away she gets out somehow it's very like yada yada but i think it works um i do like that the that they just like kill the hitchhiker very quickly and abruptly um uh which is very interesting for the second movie but uh i don't want to get into the logic (laughs) how that worked um but i i really do like the the ending on her like just like cackling from madness and leather face against the sunset or the yeah or against the sun is just like yeah perfect way to end the movie this like chaos um you know it It uh it feels almost like the end of a Clockwork Orange, <laughs> um and i don't know if that was an intentional reference but it has that same feeling that same um yeah just like yeah sense of uh insanity (laughs) to it so yeah um i really like that um yeah yeah
1: we Um, can move on to the sequel which is um a much dumber movie um (laughs) in a good way i mean it's not i feel like it's 20 minutes longer, 15 minutes longer than the first one. And it should be 15 minutes shorter. I feel like that's my biggest problem with it. Is like, it has jokes that go on forever, but uh, otherwise I think it's a pretty good time, I guess. It's a fun movie. It's not a, um, it feels like a kind of a, a, a scary movie prototype kind of. Mm-hmm. um because yeah. it's it's like it's like doing jokes more like I don't know, I, I kind of was trying to it's like somewhere in between scream and scary movie, I think that's why yeah. I, that's how it landed in my mind. I don't know you, you're more familiar with like the this era of like horror movie, um so what did you think about it how how did you did you feel about it? well.
0: You know, going in knowing that it was supposed to be a comedy, I kind of I kind of just expected the tone to be a little bit different and to not to not expect the same scares. But what that did is it caused my comedy brain to turn on (laughs) and I was actually kind of like judging it a lot on that level. Um, And I think you're right, like parts of this are very self-indulgent and they just don't they don't get to the thing that they're setting up quick enough. Um, like they do a good job of setting up very clearly that Dennis Hopper is going to get a chainsaw and there's going to be a chainsaw fight um and I don't mind them taking their time to like build up to that, so it's you know so that when we get there it's like exciting, but they spend way too much time before you know from the moment that Dennis Hopper first turns on the chainsaw to the point where he actually fights Leatherface with the chainsaw, it loses its momentum. And you're like, okay, well, is he finally going to get into the same space that Leatherface is in? Um, Or are we just going to keep on like pushing back jokes like that? And it's just like, this is where I agree. Like it's a little too long for the jokes that it has. And the jokes sometimes go on. Um, way longer than they need to um at the same time i think the comedic performances are all very strong um and this is this is a thing though in 80s like 80s horror there is a lot of just like comedy interspersed with these movies i think a lot of the times a, a lot of times it's not intentional comedy it's just a a, a by or a, a, an additional factor that comes from them not having enough money or not having good actors um and not really writing scripts that can work around those actors. The biggest difference I would say between 70s horror and something like the first Texas Chainsaw um and 80s horror is Texas Chainsaw the actors are as good as the script and the script is as good as the actors. And because of that they can hide (laughs) they can hide things. Um, They can hide in consistencies and inefficiencies within the performers that they have available um, because the script is very spare. It's not like a lot of like long dialogue scenes or monologues (laughs) that require a really good actor. Um, And a lot of 80s movies just don't do that. Like they'll just like put really egregiously bad actors and give them scripts that are not befitting of those actors um this movie i think though a lot of times the material does feel right for the performer who's playing the characters um or who's playing a given character like i think the uh chop top or the hitchhiker in this movie um his stuff is so well written the entire family stuff actually like all of their speaking lines um it's some of it's some of the best comedy writing in the whole movie. Um, and those, all of them play those lines perfectly. They play the comedy exactly right. And on the flip side, Dennis Hopper is playing it just straight enough, um, or as straight as he can play, (laughs) um, so that it, it just works and it, it feels arch when it needs to feel arch, um, and it feels straight when it needs to feel straight. So I, but this again, like I, I completely agree. Like some of the characters in this movie are incredibly dumb, <laughs> um, and very eighties movie characters. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: um, I think uh, the, I mean, the biggest surprise is that Dennis Hopper is in this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Playing a parody of a Dennis Hopper character, kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a. I think that the thing I like about this movie, is like it's so self conscious about like, the first. It understands the first movie so well. It's it's. I feel like it's so rare to see a director making a parody of his own movie, uh, and like mm-hmm. that understand perfectly everything that makes it work and everything that's like. Kind of under also understanding like the influence he has had on like culture in the past decade and like just making fun of all of that. I mean, something we didn't talk about the first movie is that there's there's some themes in there about like how like the family used to be. It's essential, right? like the grandfather was worked in a slaughterhouse. he was the best at it. he was always needed they they were so they were so good at just like working in a slaughterhouse, and then they had to once like their usefulness as like just to killing animals beca- became like um, once they were no longer useful, they kinda became that they weren't like born that they're not like a uh, generations of cannibals with like a weird history they're like a family of like solder house workers that were basically the best at it and got replaced by like the air- compressed air guns mm. uh and once you have compressed air guns, you don't need to have the weird people obsessed with like killing animals uh, doing the job. You can have just any uh, any person that has a stomach for it just do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, you uh,
0: can just and replace them with the next person who hasn't gotten sick of it. Or
1: yeah, and it yeah, and it kind of intersects that with like the idea of like the weird family unit and like actually having a functioning barbecue business because this is how they live so they're like they kill people to eat them yes but also to like sell the meat and like make money and like keep themselves alive like it's it's their actual yeah. business and this movie takes it further that makes it like all about like uh, like the cook character um, yeah who uh Choptop Sawyer, I think is his name. Yes, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Chopped uh, up Brayton. Um they give them names in this one, yeah. Uh yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, in the first movie, they're just like the cook and the hitchhiker and grandpa. And in this movie, there's like uh I mean Letterface is still Letterface yeah. played by a different actor in this movie. Um <laughs> uh but you do get uh um
2: thing is, yeah.
1: It, uh, no, it's. I was sure it was the same actor, play, playing, uh, the cook character. Uh, no, it's, I not.
0: Did, it's um No, yeah, Bill. Yeah, Bill yeah, you have
1: Bill Moseley instead of. Uh, yeah. Jim uh, S- Um uh, I don't know. They did a good job casting someone that kind of looks like. That character yeah. a bit older, I think it's like yes, it they is. look yeah. so much alike, it's weird
0: it, yeah, it feels it's it's interesting. it's two actors who feel like they're absolutely playing the same character. It doesn't feel like they've missed a beat um he feels like a an evolution of the character um certainly, but it it doesn't feel uh like a complete recast or a reset of the character um. Yeah, um, but yeah, he gives like a he gives Chop Top sort of a a slight, a slight like uh, a, uh, turn in the character, like a little bit more of a of a of a personality, I guess. Um, everybody gets like, like, there's a there's an extra level to these characters beyond who they are mm-hmm. in the first Texas Chainsaw. I mean, they make him,
1: like, he's, like, a traveling cook that, like, wins a cooking chili competition. That's, like, so proud of being the best at it all and only cares about, like, making good food and making money. Those are the only things he cares about. And it's, like... He's kind of a little bit like that, and, and kind of keeping the other guys like on a leash a little bit. And he's kind of like that like in the first movie, but it's like this is to the extreme to make. It, he's like a exactly. like it. It it makes the whole thing as like a like a capitalistic endeavor. Like they're trying to make as much money as possible. Like that's their business. They don't. They, they like. Yeah. That's the only thing on his mind. And when we, the, the guy comes with the chainsaw to kill him, he tries... Benes uh, Hopper comes to kill him. He tries to buy him out because he thinks it's one of his competitors trying to eliminate him. Like, it's like... Yeah. He, every character in this movie feels like they're in... I mean, a lot of the characters in this movie feel like they're in different movies. Uh, they do. I think it's like... Um, I mean, they're all... Or like this movie is changing so fast in terms of tone and in terms of like, who you're following. Um, Mm
2: -hmm. And maybe we
1: should get into the story of this movie, because it's like... Yeah. It it also opens on a crawl, uh, and the crawl says Uh, that like, they try to like, uh, the... the, the girl from the first movie escaped, but ended up kind of catatonic, and they tried to look for the the people, the cannibals, but never found them. But there's been, like, a a series of, like, what looks like accident, but could be chainsaw murders, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is now all of Texas, instead of, like, just this small corner of it. Um, it's like, it's like, a, a, it's I think the least the, tongue-in-cheek thing in this whole movie is like, oh, I guess we're getting into something serious still, more it, or less. It,
0: yeah, it is, but it does it does feel a little bit less like it's less intimidating than it is yeah. in the first one. Like the first the first crawl brings you into the tone of the movie. Um, this. Crawl does the same thing. Like I think it does set you up for it to be a bit more loose and a bit less serious. Um, but it still it gives you this sense of like we're upping the ante quite a bit. The way that he's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is still ongoing, or it never ended, or something like that. Yeah. But I, I do get I, I do see what you mean, where it's like it doesn't feel like it's a huge departure from how the first one begins. Um, Just a slight shift um, and an extension. Um, That's the thing. Like, a lot of it feels like an extension of where we were in the first one. Um, (laughs) But it
1: it goes off the road pretty rapidly. Yeah, so you have... It starts kind of with these two, like... Kind of like a uh, young adult assholes riding in a car, like shooting a street, not street sign, but like road signs with a gun. And then just calling on this rock radio station uh, and kind of trolling it. And um, they're going to like this big football game in Dallas. Yeah. Um yeah, and, like a college football. Yeah, thing like here. a big, yeah, yeah, big college yeah. football like Island That's supposed to be like a huge party, and mm-hmm. on the road while they're on the phone with the with stretch from the uh, OKLA station. Uh, I think that's the name of the station, KOKLA mm-hmm. uh, yeah. radio station. Um, they get like attacked on a. In their car by uh, Leatherface and um, the character that's the hitchhiker in the first movie. yeah, yeah, so they so they get uh... well, okay, so I, I'll get back to <laughs> so yeah, they, they they get they get attacked by those two. Uh... And um and get like murder with a chainsaw, but it's like it's like an action comedy scene. It's like they're cutting off the like it's happening on the road. Uh Leatherface is like gets shot in the face, but has like uh it's like a skull that he's holding in front of his face. So he has a face behind the face, and he's cutting off the car with his chainsaw and like basically murdering them. Um and uh well, well, all that happens while um, they're on the radio with Stretch, the host from K.O.K.L.A. Um, mm-hmm. And, and a rock get... song is playing very aggressively underneath <laughs> it all. And it's yeah. 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 The thing I was saying is that I kind of mixed up uh, Drayton and Chopped Up. Drayton yeah. is the same actor. so Yes, yes. Yeah. I didn't realize that I, I, I just mixed up the names. Um yeah, yeah. yeah I, I saw that uh Jump Top and Hitchhiker were different. But I, I thought Jim Cito is a character that I kinda that kind of just plays the same mm-hmm. just like kind of like play play just like Nails um Nails pushing his old character to the extreme. Um yeah, the yeah with the whole America putting down the small business. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, the small small business always get fucked up the ass. He says yes. after getting a chainsaw up his ass.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the whole again, like I like that the characters do feel like logical extensions of where they were. Like Leatherface, it it makes sense that he would like have like a that he would like crush on one of the victims and so on and so forth. And yeah, um, when um. Chop Top says music is my life, like that. You totally believe that, <laughs> yeah? Because yeah, yeah. what else would they be doing? What would their their main form of entertainment would be? The radio, most likely.
1: So yeah. I of mean, he, when he meets Stretch, he's like, "Oh yeah, you're my favorite host at the radio. I listen to you all the time. I'm still gonna kill you." <laughs> right. It's so. Good. Um, yeah. You get this weird bit also that of like those guys calling the radio and like. Uh the stretch is like hosting and there's this other guy called LG who's just like I don't know I don't know what he does, but he doesn't do his job well because he can't like stop the call. I don't know yeah. how that works. But they 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 have this bit where they can't uh they can't yeah, they stop can't, the yeah, call. Yeah,
0: they yeah, I don't know how I guess I don't know enough about radio producing. I guess they can't just like hang up. I I don't know. Maybe it's because they're on a cell phone. They're on like an 80s car phone. The other, the callers, I, it's very confusing. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's
1: just a weird detail that I didn't really get why. I mean, I think part of it in my mind is like, Oh, maybe it's like an actual limit, but also LG feels like super bad at his job. So maybe it's just not. I'm like, I'm trying stuff, but I can't do it. Um, Yeah, it feels like we we need a
0: reason why they would still have a recording, why they wouldn't just hang up once the chainsawing begins. Um, But it it is what it
1: is. Um, Yeah, so she has this recording and then we're introduced to Dennis Hopper, Who's like trying to get revenge for his kids that were disappeared and were brutally murdered, and he's been following right. them for following these chainsaw kills for fifteen years, and he says mm-hmm. the police are trying to hide it, and he's like this like almost noir like seventies detective character in like a eighties comedy, yeah, uh, yeah. and he's... so. He's yeah.
0: family of Franklin and the girl from the first one, I guess. Or he at least knew Franklin because he has a we have a scene with Franklin's corpse, which I guess they kept around um at some point. Um but yeah, he's like the classic text. Yeah, yeah. Model.
1: I guess he's he's their dad. Like he yeah. he's supposed to be uh or an uncle
0: uh, or something. I, I can't yeah. It was it was kinda unclear. Um cuz they suggest yeah. multiple things but um yeah he's like the we, we, we've talked about the texas lawman stereotype um before um uh, bloods is it blood simple um like the the private detective character it's a cop wearing like a big cowboy hat and like a spangly outfit yeah um he's he's doing that thing um and i always love when that happens in a movie set in texas it's one of my favorite <laughs> One of my favorite tropes, and I'm glad that it continues. Um, And he plays a fairly good version of that kind of character. Um, And he makes some choices in this movie. Dennis Hopper makes a lot of choices, and I believe that this is in that three-year period where he had just gotten sober. um, For, I assume, one of many times that Dennis Hopper got sober. (laughs) Um, And as a result, he makes some wild performance choices in this movie especially um a lot of shouting and a lot of <laughs> uh and a lot of like just like um crying his lines it's just it, it's a very entertaining and strange performance um from 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 Dennis and that's saying a lot considering the actor in question um yeah um <laughs> What did you think of him as a character, Lefty? Uh, um,
1: he's starts. I mean, he gets. He's like the dumbest of them all. Like <laughs> everyone's dumb in this movie, and he's like, he's like the king of it. Like there's a is. scene where he goes to a hardware store to buy like a chainsaw. A, it's not a hardware store. It's a chainsaw store, and he just like says nothing just puts like some cash on the table on the table and then just like starts examining chainsaws one by one holding them like he's gonna how he can he's gonna fight with them like holding one in each hand like they're samurai swords or like uh nunchucks or something and just like throwing them around and then he goes outside and just goes completely ham on like this tree trunk when this guy asks him if he wants to test it and the guy's like, what the fuck am I smoking at? It's such a, it's it's a choice. Like, you said it was a choice, but like, that whole scene played silently and he's like, literally becomes a parody of himself within, on his like, third scene in the movie. Yeah. Um, and then when he later is just like, doing basically nothing useful, just like, cutting, <laughs> <laughs> cutting, like, <laughs> cutting up like their base of operation, which is in like an old—I don't know—I think it's supposed to be like a uh, civil war recreation theme park. I think something, something like that. That. yeah, yeah, uh, it's,
0: uh, yeah. It's like a—it's not quite a rest stop or like a like a dinosaur statue in a desert, but it's not quite a theme park. It's um. I, I'm guessing that's a thing that does exist in Texas. I don't know. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, it has like this weird sort of theme park vibe to it. And it's just hit. There's multiple scenes, sequences of him just like slicing through um, four by fours (laughs) and wood pillars uh, and just like screaming about how like God is with him. Um, and how he is going to destroy the house of the devil and things like that um it it becomes hysterical, and then it becomes okay can can we speed it up a little bit? and then it becomes hysterical again, yeah. um, <laughs> in that order um, but yeah, um like i said it, it very much feels like a decision was made and they just stuck to the decision. And I, I, I appreciate that. Um, I didn't mention this before, but this is a movie produced by Canon films. Um, and when I saw the Canon films logo come up, I knew I was in for some, some real wacky shit. <laughs> um, for those that have not seen the, uh, documentary, uh, electric boogaloo, the, the story of Canon films uh, go go look that up because the behind the scenes people are just as interesting as the movies that they made. Um, Just lots of bizarre wacko choices. Um, (laughs) But uh, they really liked Toby Hooper. And I think that that's why this movie makes some choices that even other eighties horror movies wouldn't intentionally make Um, And I kind of appreciate that. I I like that it goes for some things and takes some swings um, in ways that I don't think a, I don't think a modern horror sequel would go. I I can't think of a single example of a movie that like changes tones so thoroughly um, in one film. So removed from the original, I'm sure there's one, but I just, I can't think of it. And I, and I appreciate that. It's not, just like, well, let's just do the first movie, but like with bigger kills or more kids getting killed Um, or let's show more of it. That would almost be boring and uninteresting. Um So I appreciate what they went for with this one.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think it just conceptually, it really works. I think and I think some of the jokes and some of the moments are really well done. I just I feel like some of it just goes on and on and on. And you're just yeah. like, just get to the scene, get to the chainsaw fight. Right? Just... Yes.
0: <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me now.
1: Like they, they redo the, 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 the thing with the grandpa trying to hold the hammer and it falling on the ground again and again. And it's like, it's not funnier than the first time and it's not better than the first time. It's no. like, it, it's, 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 uh, it feels just we it, it feels like, okay, we have to play by our, uh, our highlights. And like, that's a scene that, that was kind of uh, the most, it, it's easily parodied because it's basically already just mm. a joke. And I think the joke in this movie is that grandpa is like, Kind of more there, like he's like. Even though he fucks up, uh, but he's like, he, he has like emotion in the first movie. I think it's so, it it works, that that scene works so well because like, he's like a. He's like a he's like basically almost a corpse at this point, mm-hmm. um, and they're like rooting him on and screaming and it's like it's it's hor- the whole thing is just so horrifying and it, in this it's like the exact same scene but it's supposed to be funny but it's just like i, I think it's the weaker weak, one of the weaker jokes mm-hmm. uh, or or like we uh, weaker try for a joke
0: yeah and, and like you said it it feels like they um it feels like they felt obligated to recreate some some sequences um uh yeah it feels like well, of the list of things we have to recreate our reference back to this is one of them, and they didn't need to um you know there's other stuff that i um that I think uh it made sense to stick to like uh, I really like that they're like we're gonna end this movie essentially the same way that the first one ended um uh or we're gonna like combine. The ending, the two parts of that ending into one moment, um, and I think that that works. And some of the other callbacks, I think, work better. Uh, just them doing another din- dinner scene makes sense, but I-, I don't know if they needed the grandpa and the hammer. Um, I do like the
1: makeup of the grandpa a little bit better yeah. in this. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, it's it's like the whole thing is like. Um, I think I like just like the kind of um it, it, i don't know the mummified version like the the, the in the first movie he feels almost like a mummy in yeah. a weird way and in this he feels like a it, it feels more like uh a, a mask and makeup and stuff on top like it's like mm-hmm. it, it, it it's it feels less real it feels like like a lot of this movie it just feels it's not trying for uh horrifying it's more trying for like a Effects and kinda like the like you get a lot more gore in this movie, you got a lot of more like blood and guts, but it all looks kind of like um, it all oh, it looks so produced, it looks so fake, um I think I mean it works with the whole movie, but it's definitely like a. it's definitely yeah. like a, a a bigger budget doesn't mean better effects
0: <laughs> right, exactly yeah
1: um
0: yeah like uh exactly like they because they have to like cut away in the first movie certain stuff sells better gore effects just hit more um that said i do think there are some moments where um having like access to slightly better performers it kind of works in the favor of this movie um we mentioned the sort of i think the character's name is lg um I really like what they do with that character with his uh with his death like Leatherface starts to skin him um and eventually he just wakes up with parts of him missing um I actually didn't expect that <laughs> I didn't expect that at all um and that moment actually was genuinely like kind of again inducing, as I was saying of the first movie and kind of scary and it it was, it's interesting. It like it, it, it gave the movie a bit more weight just for that one moment. Um, and it sort of did the opposite of what I was saying earlier with American Werewolf, where the horror punctured the comedy. Um, uh, and I really like the way that that was done. Um, I like that. Yeah. It does, it does give it just like a little bit of a, a some stakes. Um, in a moment that is, that is done completely effectively. Um, it doesn't feel mishandled at all, and it feels like it totally works and flows with the rest of the movie, despite it being such a like a throwback to the first movie,
1: playing it completely straight. Yeah, yeah no, it, it, there's definitely some of the like. Um some like we compared it to evil Dead two in the beginning in there, but yeah, there's, it definitely like has the same, not, not as, I mean, not, not many movies are good as evil. Dead two at this, but it's like Mm -hmm. uh, the right balance of like, um, you have like horrifying stuff happening on screen kind of. And then it goes from that to comedy and then back to like horrifying stuff. Like you go for like the back and forth, um, when Stretch gets attacked at the radio station, the back and forth of like her with Leatherface, uh, where it's like kind of like a, a horny where the chainsaw is a phallic metaphor scene uh, yeah. we're going back to LG just getting his cold bashed again and again and again by Chop Top is yeah. like, it's like, two completely different tones and like it's kind of it they both kind of work
0: yeah and again to go back to my clockwork orange comparison for this one like that moment feels a lot like um alex and the cat lady in clockwork orange mm-hmm. um it has a very similar like sense of not of like i guess uncomfortable eroticism is the best way i can put the words together there um like it's just like it, it just feels uncomfortable and there, like you said there's this there's the phallic symbolism there and it's very obvious um and i i just like the way that scene is played out i like her performance a lot um she she sells it a lot she's really great i i i, I do want to yeah. say like the, the actress who plays stretch she is she is excellent in this movie, and we don't have as many uh, characters to um, uh, be concerned about in this movie. I mean, uh, she's
1: the only one, right? She's the she's the only person like to kind of care about in this movie. Because <laughs> uh, who cares what happened to to Lefty, the Dennis <laughs> Hopper character? He's like. What is he even doing most of the time here? Yeah, he, he's a cartoon. Like I mean, when he yeah. appears at the end and it's like a Western moment and he's like singing a song basically and then just like gets into like the one-on-one mano-a-mano uh, chainsaw fight and it's just like... And I, I love that the that scene just ends with... Um, with uh, the the cook, um, Drayton just blowing themselves all up with a chainsaw because they're done. Like fuck all yeah. this shit. Who even cares? <laughs> a lot of stuff ends. Let's just blow it all up. Um, and then you have that final confrontation with uh, Stretch and uh, chopped up, and she has her chainsaw moment and kills him off. And it's it's. It's such a rushed ending. I kind of love it. I, I was just like, okay, let's end all this. And it just ends it all. And you don't have an epilogue. You don't have anything. It's just like, she's the one like brandishing the chainsaw at the end. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I love it. It's really good. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. But the, yeah, there's like the chase of the,
0: um, a part of the, uh, yeah, the, whatever that is, What whatever the monument thing is, um, <laughs> Uh I
1: don't remember exactly how Leatherface dies. Uh um, I mean he dies in a, I mean they're fight he's fighting with Lefty on the table and then uh Lefty like kind of okay, gets yeah. him. Yes,
0: it's Chop-Top
1: like, that's going after her. Yes, that's right. Like
0: yeah. And yeah.
1: then yeah. and then yeah, and then he uh, and then um uh they get all blown up. And yeah, uh, at the same have, time Chop-Top yeah. is running after her.
0: Okay, yeah, for some reason I mixed it up in my head. Um, Yeah, no, yeah, he's going after. And she, that's right, because she gets the chainsaw from the grandmother who, who has been posed with a chainsaw. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's a great moment also.
1: <laughs> the- yeah, yeah. That you have the body of the grandmother there holding a chainsaw yeah. and she's like, takes it and she's trying to get it to start, getting to start, and she's getting like, cut up by Top. Yeah, um, she's getting chopped up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and then hey. and then she gets him, and the movie ends.
0: Yep, and and she's doing the spin and the yeah, and she's laughing hysterically, uh, like a uh, Sally. Um, yeah, very good ending. Uh, it it manages to be a parody, and like you said, I think it. I think the scream scary movie comparison is a very is a very good one because it manages to still have moments that are kind of unnerving and creepy, you know I kind of uh, we glazed over it a little bit, but like uh leatherface just coming through the wall um instead of through the door is a really good moment of that where it's like, oh, that's genuinely really freaky, <laughs> really scary um, but then these moments of comedy that completely puncture the horror. Um, and then these moments of parody that I think are so genuinely funny, I think partially because of the performances, um, and the way that they feel like they are just like such a, uh, a, a one-upping of the first movie. Um, yeah, both. I really like both of these movies. Um, I do think two could be, it, it has problems, but it, it's a very watchable movie. I suggest people watch both of these. I think that it's a good combination. the, the balance of tones and the way that two can almost like lift you up after how like mean and nihilistic the first one can be. It's a great, it's a great way to watch both of these movies back to back.
2: Um Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh Yeah. I'm really glad we watched both because it was like a, a good, a good like step from one to the other. Um, yeah. it's just funny to think that this is the director of uh, Poltergeist that we also covered on this show um, yeah. making these movies and going from making Poltergeist in between both of these movies I think
0: yeah
1: uh, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah Toby Hooper is an interesting director with a, a varied career um Phantom Zone fans know that I am uh, I'm obsessed with the movie Life Force, uh, which he also directed, um, where he uh, he created the Grand Moff Tarkin from Rogue One years before Rogue One ever came out. Um, so uh, watch that movie if you want to understand that reference. Uh, so yeah, uh, he's, a, he's an interesting guy. I don't love all of his movies that I've seen, but there's a, he does things with tone. That uh, I don't think a lot of other directors would be willing to do. Um, So yeah, yeah, we we might revisit him again in the future. I don't know. A lot of his movies are very hard to find. I,
1: I mean, trying
0: wants to watch with these and yeah. So
1: Um, yeah, there's many more Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm not really interested in watching any of them. I guess. Nope. (laughs) I'm getting I mean I guess the 2003 remake was pretty successful um, and I've heard it's
0: not bad I just don't I just have no no I
1: insight. mean just looking at the director's uh, filmography it's kind of funny that he just like he did the Frankenstein reboot and a Friday the 13th reboot and a Conan the Barbarian reboot <laughs> all the, and that's like f- f- four of his six feature films right? like mm-hmm. uh yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah
1: i i kind of i i think that's that's uh that's uh, an interesting career for a guy who just like made some <laughs> remakes uh, some like uh, reboots um yeah uh i don't have anything more to to say on these movies i i think uh we got all around they're pretty good the first one must watch for sure and yep. if you want a body cleanser i think the second one is a good, is good at that
0: yeah exactly um oh just real quick the director of the remake of texas chainsaw he did a teaser trailer for resident evil apocalypse uh the worst resident evil <laughs>
1: yeah great I, career i i like the resident evil movies uh apocalypse is awful like unwatchable <laughs> it's real
0: bad it's not good the mad max uh copycat one is better um and that's not a great movie either so yeah, yeah. um yeah did you did you do your plugs i i'm sorry i was focused. no uh
1: <laughs> uh i mean the 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 there was a, a prequel to that, that uh, remake that was from the director of uh, Jonathan Liebesman, who yeah. had also directed uh, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle reboot. Uh, also, uh, Wrath of the Titans. <laughs> yep. He did yeah, he did. It. Yeah, he uh, did
2: that.
1: Yeah. Just yeah. like weird directors making late sequels to these movies.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of choices that have been made and none of them as admirable as as Dennis Hopper's. Um yeah, there's supposed to be another Texas Chainsaw coming out soon. A movie that was cancelled after a week and that they reshot from scratch. So that will be interesting. I probably won't be seeing that movie, but who knows? Uh okay, anyways, uh let's let's do the plugs. Uh yeah. and
1: uh, yeah. Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at ecer. you can follow uh Instagram, same thing. Uh write us an email, tell us your favorite uh chainsaw kill in the movie, um at podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Um
0: there should be at least uh one phantom zone or one recent phantom zone out at the time that this episode is uh is going to be up so uh go listen to that uh and other than that uh look forward to a uh a top five down the road at some point and other things that are in the works uh that should be happening um but uh yeah that's that's really all my plugs that i have right now so uh I think that's it. I think that's a show. Uh. Bye. Bye.